Hey wrestling fans, this is the 80s baby, TW3, and you're listening to the OVW Podcast. Welcome to the Ohio Valley Wrestling Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. My name is Jack Winokes, the host here of the OVW Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by Mr. Brian Hines. Brian, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Doing well. We've uh, we've had a fun night here so far. Um, we've probably this is our second thing we've recorded tonight. We probably have spent um, three times the amount of time it would take to record this dicking around, but that's okay. Yeah, we did something else a, a little earlier, but uh, we uh, hit on an idea while we were in the middle of doing that that uh, has. Uh, tickled us greatly, and uh, we had a, a good long laugh about that. And then now that we've settled down, uh, we're back with another installment. This one being an update on the current status of Ohio Valley Wrestling. And just uh, before we jump into that, Tiny Brian, that that what we what we've been so working hard, so hard on that's live on our our uh, Instagram right now, right? Oh yes. Okay, yeah. So if you're not following us or you do follow us, go check that out. Little to no context on what you need to see but as soon as you see it you'll know what it is if you are listening to this on the day it releases um which we are a couple days before that so scroll back to monday on the instagram or facebook feed Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a little surprise there all right so what are we covering we hope you'll give it a thumbs up we hope you will give it a thumbs up we definitely hope you will give it a thumbs up possibly too what are we covering tonight brian we've done this once before uh belt shows angles kind of just uh a refresher course Right. Uh, we went and did this early on Very in our early. podcast uh, when back when we were introducing ourselves and we were kind of uh, just giving people a brief introduction of Ohio Valley Wrestling when we were uh, starting off. But that's been three months ago and we feel like uh, the current state of affairs uh, needs an update. And that's why we are here right now. There's been a lot of things that have happened uh, since we started this back on August 3rd. And uh, there's been a lot of big changes, a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of wonderful news that has already happened and more to come. And I, for one, am thrilled. I know you are too. Yes. Yeah. Let's just jump right. Like, let's just jump straight into it. OVW's changed. This podcast has changed a lot. I think this is going to be nice. Another kind of uh, signpost for you and I, a uh, fence post, a, a bookend for you and I and this podcast and our listeners. Um, you might want to uh, thumbnail this for later. So first off, Wrestlers on Netflix has debuted since the last time we've done a segment like this. Very, very obviously a huge change for OVW. Absolutely. Uh, they um, debuted, wrestlers debuted on September 13th, uh, if I memory serves me correctly. And uh, as a result, every show between now and right now, between then and now, then and now. Uh, has been a sellout for two and a half months. I think this is uh, week 10. Mm-hmm. So more than two months of straight up sellouts on Thursday nights. A um, few different pay-per-view sellouts. We were lucky enough to go to one. Uh, lots of new viewers, not only in Historic Davis Arena, but on Fight TV, on local television, tuning in on YouTube. Just a, a lot of new energy around the product in general because of wrestlers on Netflix. Uh, yeah, and that's very palpable if you go see them live at Davis Arena. Uh, we were there a couple of times before uh, the Netflix series came out. It was a just a typical 
crowd uh, like I would see at a house show in uh, the uh, Southern Ohio area that uh, I go to on a regular basis. But uh, Great crowd. Oh, sure. Great crowd. But uh, now it's just got a, a little bit more electricity to it. It's different. You can feel the energy in the air. On the back of wrestlers on Netflix, the sellout crowds, we have a couple of new investors. We have a national tour planned for 2024. What do you right? think OVW on the road looks like? We've seen them on the road here in Kentucky. What does OVW look like throughout the Southeast? What does it look like throughout the country? What does it look like potentially throughout the world? How great of an opportunity it is for some of these guys, um, especially ones that we've been able to talk to, ones that are on TV every week, only been with OVW a couple of years, most of them. Now we're looking at the potential of packing up the band and doing this in a different night every night, every city. Uh, I I don't know the specifics of it. Um, And what we've gotten from uh, people that we've spoken to, um, they're, they're going to be out, but I don't know if it's going to be like, uh, for example, uh, one of the bigger, um, names does a holiday tour mm-hmm. the last two weeks of the year. And I've gone to see that a few times, uh, where they'll have like two different groups go out and like one group will tackle like uh, Southern, um, or, uh, Midwest. And then, uh, the other one will be in a, a different area. So, to expand and allow for more people to uh, get that product. I honestly don't know. Um, what was it Maria said? They have like 75 people on the roster, give or take? I think she said 50 to 75. 50 to 75, okay. Um, Plus six belts. Yeah. I Logistically speaking, that's, that's going to be a challenge, I think. Um, and that's one that, as far as I know, they haven't ever really done before outside of Kentucky. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where they'll go and what that'll be like. I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to see some of these shows, and they won't all be house shows or dark matches. And yeah. uh, they'll have uh, more programming in addition to their regular Thursday night show. And I'm, I'm really hoping, too, just kind of looking at the wider wrestling world, that... If you had asked us three three to four weeks ago, NWA was in kind of a prominent position. I think that OVW and NWA are looking at uh, uh, continuing their relationship. Um, NWA is kind of looking at smaller promotions in terms of trying to put them in the territory system, you know, from the right. 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s even. Um, having said that, NWA is in a little bit of hot water right now. Have you heard about that? No. We, we, I can tell you off mic, there was maybe a couple of um, not-so-tasteful vignettes that they did on their pay-per-view this past couple of weeks. Oh. Um, and it's set into turmoil, potential national television deals, et cetera, et cetera. So what? with this Ohio Valley Wrestling national tour, we'll, t- we'll talk about it off mic. Okay. With this na- national tour planned, I hope that when they were looking forward at this national tour that it wasn't based too much around the NWA, because right now the NWA, uh, a month ago, in a good spot. Right now, maybe not so much. Well, the good thing about that is they don't really have all of their eggs in one basket. No, I mean, Al's too smart for that. This is me just, you know, pulling thoughts out of the air, but uh, it. I wonder if it would be a scenario where they kind of... Um, follow around, say, uh, AEW, mm-hmm. since a lot of their 
talent has been working with AEW, as we saw in the Netflix series. And if you watch uh, either of these shows on a fairly regular basis, you will see some familiar faces from OVW on their programming. So I wonder if that would be a possibility or how they're going to work it. I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. I do think no matter what, the ball is in Ohio Valley Wrestling's court. Oh, yeah. Um, While we're talking about the NWA, though, first kind of thing we're going to go over in this podcast here, Belt Shows and Angles, an update on current day Ohio Valley Wrestling. Mr. Pectacular, Jesse Goddard's national heavyweight champion, the face that runs OVW, that place, as he likes to call himself. He sure does. Um, He is in an angle right now in a storyline with the NWA national heavyweight champion. It will culminate at the end of this month. Thanksgiving Thunder? Yes, which would be uh, the 21st. Um, Less than a week after this releases. Belt for belt, NWA National Championship, EC3's NWA National Heavyweight Championship versus Jesse Goddard's OVW National Heavyweight Championship. What do we think is going to happen here? Uh, I I have no clue. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, this is obviously where Mr. Mr. Pectacular loses the belt to EC3. I don't think it's going to be that cut and dry. I don't either. I think there's going to be some sort of turmoil finish where uh, potentially Jesse Goddard loses the match, but ultimately comes out ahead in terms of like the storytelling. Yes. Um, Could be vice versa, but I kind of feel like that's how it's going to go. I've been wrong before, but that's, I'm going with my gut on that one. This is some true rock in a hard place booking. Like, I don't know. I don't know who wins. I don't know who loses. I don't know who can afford to win. I don't know what the belt looks like on either which which respective belt looks like on the other guy. Like I just I have a lot of questions about this match. I I really do. I don't know what it means for OVW. I don't know what it, what it means for NWA. Got a lot of questions heading into this one. We'll um, just have to see how that one plays I out. Guess we'll just have to see how it plays out, right? Yeah. Some of the other ones seem pretty uh, pretty obvious, mm-hmm. uh, but this is not one of those. Um, what do you think in terms of being obvious? La Princesa, Tiffany Nieves versus Hollywood Daily J. Belt's going back on Hollywood, right? Yeah, I definitely think so. The only way uh, uh, Tiffany Nieves was able to win is uh, by underhanded means using the sock of rocks. Uh, I definitely feel like there is a comeuppance <clears throat> and Hollywood Haley J will get revenge for um, having lost that belt a few weeks back. And it's... Not a slight against Tiffany Nieves at no. all. I, I like Tiffany a lot. I think she's got a lot of upside. But there is something about Hollywood's stature inside of that company that just would suggest she's going to have the belt back before too long. Then there's going to be someone else that takes it back from her. She's going to fight them. And that's kind of until maybe something happens with Hollywood um, in terms of career trajectory. I think that we are in the Hollywood heel factory phase of the women's belt, right? We're going to come up with a new heel for her, her to face. She's going to lose the belt. She's going to win the belt, new heel, lose the belt, win the belt. I think that we're just, I could be wrong and would love to be wrong. I think that's where we're at with Hollywood and the belt in the women's division right now. Okay. Let's assume that, uh, Hollywood Haley does win the belt back. Mm -hmm. That's the, the match at, uh, Thanksgiving thunder, right? Sure. Okay. Let's assume that that does happen. My next question is what's next? Would it obvious, Would it automatically be Tiffany Nieves as the number one contender? Uh, would 
one of her uh, cohorts from the Bad Girls Club uh, try to take a stab at uh, the throne on that one? Uh, would that cause some infighting between uh, Jada Stone, um, Tiffany, and uh, Layla Gray? Well, we know between personal conversations with two of those three women, they like each other, they love each other, they'll do anything for each other. They but still all are they concentrating all want the gold. on the big one. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? Who really knows? Well, I just Loyalty goes only so far. And when it comes to uh, OVW Gold, I think that's where all bets are off. That's what everybody wants. That's why everybody's there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the next belt that we want to talk about, the OVW Heavyweight Championship, uh, it's currently being held by Jack Vaughn. Yes. We're, we're pretty high on Jack Vaughn. Absolutely. We have called into question sometimes this title reign, though. True. Uh, it's, it's not been uh, a, a reign where uh, the title has been defended on a regular basis on OVW television. Uh, I know that he's a very busy man. He was uh, recently uh, on an extended tour of Europe. Um, so he, he's just recently come back into the programming storyline and, uh, we're kind of, uh, on the fence as to who we think the number one contender is. Yeah. I think that there's a handful of guys that at any given time could feasibly and logically be stuck into a number one contendership style angle with Jack Vaughn for the OVW heavyweight championship. However, all signs are pointing to Tony Gunn right now. Yeah. For me, at least. Yeah. Uh, when Brian and I were talking about that earlier off mic, uh, we both instinctively said Shotgun Tony Gunn was the number one contender. That was the first name that came to uh, both of our minds. But uh, Between the whiskey mist a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, his, well played. His strong kind of, even though he's not always wrestling guys that are in the title picture, he's still picking up wins over domin- like good opponents. Oh, yeah. It just seems like Tony Gunn is, and it's Tony Gunn. It's yeah. the heart and soul of the whole it, thing. He's a, as strong a contender as you could ask for for this title, and uh, if it's not him, I don't know who it would be. Well, I, there are other people, but I, I believe it's him. Tony Gunn makes so much sense, especially when someone like Cashflow is stuck in a storyline with his tag team parlor, uh, partner Mahabali Shira versus the Overman. Yeah. Um, the Overman are currently the tag team uh, title belt holders. The number one contenders should be... Mahabai Shira and Cashflow. What do they call themselves? The Golden Lions? Sounds like a really good 80s thrash metal band name. Sounds like um, a gentleman's club in a not-so-good part of town of a decently-sized tourist city. Right off the interstate. That sounds like you know from experience, so I'll just go with that. Golden Lion. Two-for-one dances tonight. (laughs) Up next is (laughs) Mahabai Shira. the entire time, the entire, to put your hands together for Shira. the entire time that Shira is on the floor tonight, and we're doing two-for-one Patron shots at Golden Lion. Thank you guys so much for coming by on this Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> you got to give it more credit than that, man. It's not a great tag team name. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that's fair. It's way better than Lion Chops, which thank fucking God they didn't go with Lion Chops. Yeah. But Golden Lions, just call it Shira and Cash. Just, just go with the, we don't have to have a fancy nickname. Like, That's like Tango I, and Cash only, Shira. The cash. the the last two years of being an all elite wrestling fan have taught me anything. It's that uh, Tony Khan 
comes up with really bad mishmash tag team names, I think Al called Tony and said, I've got this idea. What's the name? And Tony Khan just shit out the worst fucking name of all time. Golden Lion. I'm sorry. Like, Don't is hold that, back, Jack. Tell is us that, how you really tell, feel. Yeah, okay, okay. Lion Chops sucked. That was a bad name. Golden Lions is not that much better. Sorry, guys. Um, what are we drinking we tonight? We love you, though. Fortuna Whiskey from Rare Character. This, this take is brought to you by Fortuna Whiskey by Rare Character. Thank you so much. Um... I think what we're going we'll, to, we'll get back on track here. We'll get back. This is the problem. When you get me the hot mic, I'll just say whatever I want. Um, I think we're heading toward the Golden Lions, whatever they're called, beat the Overmen, Beaches and Cream, and the Golden Lions uh, enter a, a long-standing feud after that, right? Potentially, yeah. I, it, I could see Beaches and Cream trying to interfere in this match. Uh, if there is a one-on-one match for the tag team championship, I could see Beaches and Cream trying to interfere and it backfiring mm-hmm. or them being unsuccessful in some way and uh, Cash and Shira still coming away with the titles. But I, we'll just have to see how that plays out. I think the way that Tiny Brian put it earlier was that uh, Cash Flow and Malabai Shira would win the belts for about 15 minutes and then... Beaches and Cream would beat them for it. And that's, I subscribe to that. I think, I think we're going to get a big cathartic win. And about as soon as we're done celebrating that win, Beaches and Cream are going to take the titles off of Cashflow and Molly last year. I honestly don't know. Uh, at the Manchester show, I got to talk to Cash for a second. And uh, I told him that I really enjoyed the program uh, here lately. And he asked me, like, why I liked it. I was. It was good to be able to sit down and actually have a conversation with him, albeit a short one being that there were other things going on and uh, shirts to sell and all that. But uh, I kind of get the feeling that whatever it is we think is going to happen, we're only going to be partly right. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to nail like part of what happens next, but it's going to happen in a way that we don't fully anticipate and that's the element that i'm looking for that's what i've been gotten from ovw programming since uh the halloween pay-per-view um the rest for the wicked and uh i i feel like we're going to continue to get that from them and that's one thing that i appreciate about their storytelling so i think the central question here on this is is the golden lions a long-term tag are Malabali Shira and, and Cashflow really kind of going to restrict their activities to the tag team division? That's my question. For me personally, no. That I also, would be my thought process, too. I agree with that as well. I don't believe that they will be a, a fully formed tag teaming unit moving forward. I think that that's just part of uh, the circumstance. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how they all got here. And, uh, I mean, Shira left the Overman, and he was out there by himself, and then the two kind of formed this unlikely bond after, you know, going back and forth uh, against each other. So we'll see how that plays out, but ultimately I don't think that's going to be a long-term I'll thing. go a step further and say it would be a disservice for both of them to be concerned with a tag team. Hmm. I'll to, I think I would agree with that <clears throat> for the most part, not, but not it's not that, up to me. No, know? no, it's not up to me. It's not. I'm just a fan. All I do is 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 watch um, and have opinions, and that's that's fine. I'm more than happy doing that. Um, I just I do think that 
I think you get a lot more mileage out of both of those guys when they're single stars. Oh, sure. Absolutely. That's now that's don't get me wrong. I still would like to see the buddy comedy with Mahabali Shira and Crixus where they go out soon, buddy. and fight crime and uh, do meal planning. Well, what do you think? Would you like to see another match between Superior Tony Evans and Star Rider? Star Rider is currently the number one contender for the Kentucky Country Boy Heavyweight Championship. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between uh, Superior Tony Evans, friend of the show, and uh, Star Rider. But, um, That's right. You guys caught up with him at Manchester Music. Yeah, I'm not trying to rub that in or anything. I just wanted to bring that up while I was thinking about it. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like... Star Rider's in it now, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like there are other people nipping at his heels who are going to be as in as prominent a position as Star Rider is currently. And say it, say it with me on on three. One, One two, two, three. three. Donovan, Donovan Cecil. Uh, yeah, we that's that's who we want. Honestly, I'm at the point where I would love to see Star Rider with the belt. I don't think it's going to happen. Let's finish this thing up between Star Rider and Tony Evans. Let's get Donovan Cecil in there, and let's put the fucking strap on him. The guy deserves it. You might need to expand the leather on the belt a little bit. This might be an over-the-shoulder strap for Donovan Cecil, not necessarily an around-the-waist strap. He, he would need his own mammoth belt. But he would look great in it no matter where. As long as he's holding it, the guy deserves it. He's awesome. You can listen to our podcast feed you know how much we love him as soon as you see him you see what he's capable of doing you'll love him too and you'll understand why we think i totally agree star rider move out of the way love you star rider let's get donovan cecil in there let's get the belt on donovan cecil yeah maybe a star rider could uh, get a push for the uh, uh rush division belt tiny brian i tend to agree Let's see. We've got one last belt here between it's the OVW Rush Division Championship. The current holder is the Fanny Pack, Fanny Pack Kid Cal Hero. He won it back from Adam Revolver at the house show at Manchester Music Hall. We touched on in this feed and in this podcast today. Which, if you were there, it was a stunning turn of events. I did not see that coming. And, and congratulations, Cal Hero, by I, the way. I can't really put my thumb down on why, but I knew that something like that was going to happen that night. Um, I knew that there was going to be a surprising title change. I had a feeling it was going to be in between Adam Revolver and Cal Hero. Turned out I was right. Really sad that I couldn't see it in person, though. That's true. And uh, normally, a lot of titles don't change hands at house shows, but mm-hmm. OVW uh, thumbed their nose at uh, that tradition and they decided really that they got their finger on the pulse of what their fans want yeah. and, and what what they're capable of doing. Yes, and they did an exceptional job. It was a uh, a great match. It was very handily done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a nail biter. Uh, Al Snow's fingerprints were all over it. That's true. Um, and uh, and uh, and that that belt fits Cal Hero like a glove. And Adam Revolver looks like a thumb. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Moving on. We've got it. We want to cover some. Uh, we, d- we put this over all the time. We talk about this all the time. How great OVW is at telling stories. The belt is always there. It's not always what we need to be paying attention to. It's not always why the stories are happening. We want to kind of highlight a few of those stories right now, if we could, right? Sure. Um, bad Girls Club. What do you think about them? Uh, bad Girls. Bad Girls. What you going to do? Um, uh, it'll be interesting to uh, see. Toot, toot. <laughs> A beep beep. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, 
like we said, I I fully expect that uh, Hollywood will retain or get her uh, women's championship back, and I feel like that is going to cause turmoil because all three of them will be vying for uh, said women's title, and I think that that could cause some friction among the three, but mm-hmm. uh, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I think that this is a, a great group. I think they look great together. I think that they've helped uh, each other a ton, and I think that no one has benefited from being in this group more than Jada Stone has. Um, just being able to show a different side of her personality, a different side of what she's able to do as a performer. Um, I think that being with Tiffany Nieves and Layla Gray has paid Jada Stone off uh, dividends. Having said that, we know with these three women, they're concentrated on fame, glory, riches, prizes. Once the belt is up for contention again, and it's not one of them holding it, who knows how they're going to react between the three of them. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm We know Jada Stone wants that gold belt. She's the only person in the group that hasn't had it. That's true. So... Something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on. She would be the hungriest, and sometimes the hungriest is the most dangerous. And uh, if you sleep on Jada Stone, watch out because uh, you're... Because you're stupid. You're stupid. That's why. Uh, The Overman. What do you think about The Overman? I'll go first, actually, if you don't mind. Why don't you go first? Um, I don't think that they're as nearly tight as the faction was. They're kind of a group that came out of the... uh, They're the phoenix that rose from the dissolution of the faction. So this is kind of my take on it. Uh, the faction, uh, it seemed to me, was a fully functioning unit of all of these individuals working as uh, one singular force. Uh, Shira is no longer in the group, um, that, and things have kind of uh, broken up a little since then. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pectacular is no longer yes, he's no part longer of the group. the group. So I kind of feel like now it's more like... Uh, it's more akin to the Bobby Heenan family. Mm-hmm. It's like he'll come to the ring with King Kong Bundy, and then later on he'll come to the ring with Big John Studd, or he'll come to the ring with. Um... Help me out here. Well, and when you do see when you do see them all together, it seems a lot more like they're lackeys of EC3 rather than being a group, right? Of equals, yes. Um, the factions seem presented a little bit more like a group of equals. Like a united front. Yeah. The the, the Overmen seem more like a um, like a passion project, like a like an ego project of EC3s. I hate to say that because they're still winning. They still look great in their gold. They still have more belts than anybody else does. That's they, true. They potentially, by the end of the month, could have the most important belt in all of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Uh, it just seems like EC3 doesn't treat them with the same amount of respect that they were treated with inside of the faction when Jesse and Mahabali Shira were part of the group. And now that you bring that up, uh, that may be something that uh, come back comes back to haunt EC3 in the future sooner or later. We can only wait to see. seems like the connective tissue for the Overman these days is the Bobby, the brain of the group, Shannon, the dude. Hey, that's exactly mention. why yeah. I went with that uh, reference. Because yeah, you needed to actually connect it. <laughs> yeah, he's like the only person that connects these people because out, if, he, if you take him out of the equation, it's like they don't have anything to do with each other. Well, mm-hmm. and you, I had never noticed. You think, you think Shannon, the dude, likes Bobby Heenan? No. I had never. I, I would have never put two and two together. Um one one thing too that we also have been a big fan of that uh, it seems like maybe 
won't get as much life as we want of of it uh, as we think it should, but it's mostly just because it entertains us to no end. Agreed. Jaden Aaron who to pesos. Yeah, it's really so hard to tell these two apart, and this storyline is is going to be difficult to follow as a result of that. There's a um, combined height of like eleven foot, combined yeah. weight of probably five twenty. Yeah, and it's pretty equal between the two of them. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, it's neck and neck. It's like that episode. It's like that match where the Undertaker wrestled the Undertaker. It's so wrestling. When wrestling's silly, it's so much fun. It is. And Ohio Valley Wrestling does silly wrestling better than I've said this before, even concerning this this angle. Sometimes things are wrestling funny, and sometimes things are actually funny. This Manny Domingo funny. as Junta Pesos and Jay De Niro as Jay De Niro is actually funny. Yes. It's actually really, really, really It's funny. one of my uh, favorite parts of the, the show these days. As long as Fight TV can keep their signal straight. Fight TV, you hear me? Yo, shout I'm out tired to of this TV. crap. Yeah, for real. It's been a couple of rough weeks, past few weeks on Fight TV. It is, and it's got nothing to do with OVW. The technical technical problems stem directly from Fight TV, so I appreciate you uh, providing OVW for me to watch on a weekly basis, but if you can't get all your technical difficulties straightened out, I can always watch it on YouTube. And it couldn't happen for a worse time for OVW, really. Right. Like, just to remove ourselves uh, from from the complaining about it, like our personal complaints about it, it couldn't happen to for OVW at a worse time. It's really no. unfortunate. Um, a few rising stars we wanted to touch on. One we already touched on. The Mammoth Donovan Cecil, Kentucky's strongest man. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, he's a force of nature. Love him. If you get a chance to go to Davis Arena, uh, seeing him in the ring is worth the price of admission alone. Um, Island Girl TT. Uh, Has she risen to the top within a short amount of time? Journeyman wrestler back on the scene in OVW, right in there immediately. Huge story angles, uh, huge opportunities against the Tiffany Nieves, teaming up uh, really well with her Freya cousin Slayer. Freya the Slayer. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, friend of the show. Friend of the show. First friend of the show. Really, that's true. Uh, she introduced us to all the other kids on the playground, really, to be honest. Which was um, a very nice thing to do. Love Island Girl TT, though. Yes. Um, really great, especially for someone who's been around for so long to find their way back to OVW at a time where OVW is gaining national spotlight. It's as hot as it's been spotlight. in I don't know how long. Yeah, good for her, good for her. And um, unfortunately, she was the number one contender recently. She lost that match um, to due to some uh, shenanigans. Uh, but it's common. It's common, especially when you're talking about the Bad Girls Club. And then another person we want to touch on, my best friend, Maximo Suave. Maximo Suave is the man. So excited to get Maximo in here this uh, weekend. Um, really looking forward to talking to him on mic. I'm super excited. We got to talk to him briefly uh, last time, not nearly as long as we wanted to. I could sit and listen to that guy all day. He he's, is so funny. He's funny. He's smart. Um, he's been around. He's wrestled. He has almost 20 years. I think he's had 20 years in ring experience. Which is amazing because I, I wouldn't think that he could have 20 years experience. Doesn't he, look like it. No. No, not at all. Um, but really exciting to see him work. And when you watch him wrestle, you can tell he's he's been around. He's, yeah. He's going to be a big asset to what OVW has on. Um, having someone with two years experience or 20 years experience when some of those other people only have two or three, he's going to be a huge asset to them. Yeah, he's very entertaining in and out of the ring. I loved hearing him uh, tell his stories and just talk about, uh, you know, 
his time in OVW and, and elsewhere, but uh, he, he's very entertaining in the mm-hmm. ring. And hopefully we can get like a third of Maximo's personality on Mike. <laughs> if we could get that You guys that are in much, for a treat. <laughs> yes, you are in for a treat. <laughs> look for it. Look, uh, look out on this feed for the Maximo Suave um, interview. It's going to be, we haven't done it yet, but I already know. I've got, I've, I'm, I'm, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, Let's cover some backstage names. We'll get out of here. We've been here a little late today. Very late. It's so been a Mal- very late night. Purely sexy Malachi Woodard has given us the uh, the, wrap the wrap it up, it up symbol, so we can get out of here. He's showing us the big X. He yeah, he's got uh, <laughs> a, a date that we're keeping him from. Unfortunately, it's actually a double date, um, but that just means there's two of them and one of him. Uh, Al Snow. We know. We we all know. We all know Al Snow. We all know Al Snow. Yeah. The uh, we snow st- the commissioner that we all shore. love, um, the boss, basically, uh, the primary booker, as he puts it, he's the Kermit the Frog of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Our, fam- our favorite Muppet. That's uh, that that's a reference to the old Muppet Show thing. Like Kermit was always the boss, running around putting out fires while making sure the show actually got on right. But you saw Kermit making sure the show got on. I, I guess it didn't occur to me that uh, that's a generational thing between us. I grew up watching that, so yes, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Ker- the <clears throat> Muppet Show, in large part, was about Kermit the Frog trying to make sure that the show went on. And you got to see some of the sketches that he was trying to produce as the uh, producer of this show. But most of the show was about him trying in vain to get to that point to where these parts of the show happen, whether it's uh, Miss Piggy uh, de- uh, duetting with Elton John singing Don't Could Break My Heart, or if it's uh, Alice Cooper doing Welcome to My Nightmare, or anybody from uh, that era. It was essentially about Kermit's struggle to keep the show going, because the show must go on. Kermit did an excellent job of that, and Al Snow, true to form, does just as great a job if not better, exceptionally better than Kermit ever could. And for that, we thank you. Side note, did you ever see Prince do Starfish and Coffee on, like, the 90s Muppet show? I like heard about it, but back. no, I didn't go back. You, I, it's, you should find it. If I, you, I should. It's really, really... At that time, too, it was, like, a 15-year-old song from Prince, so it was, like, weird to hear him pull one out of, like, the, the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Um, really, one of my, like... all. Prince was really good on that episode. Of Prince was really good. Pr- on Prince everything. was really good on everything. I skipped the later Muppets revival because I was afraid it was going to tamper with my childhood memories. So I just kind of like glossed over it, like, "Oh, hey, the Muppets are back, cool." Um, but I didn't realize Prince was on it at the time. I will go back and search for that. It's very good because of all the concerts I've ever seen, and I've seen more than I can remember. Prince had to be the best show I ever saw live, hands down. We'll talk about that off mic. That's a whole other thing. No, we'll just talk about that on the podcast sometime. Shit. Yeah. Um, Amazing Maria, friend of our show, Amazing Maria. Great. My favorite interview, personally, that we've done. Uh, Oh, she's she's hilarious. She's the booker of the women's division. She's the agent for the Rush division and the women's division. As she put it, I'm pretty good at doing stuff that I don't even know how to do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, in terms of her booking of the Rush Division. Rush Division is is what? Your kind of welterweight, cruiserweight, right. X Division, whatever you've known it in other companies being known, <coughs> you know what we're talking about. 
these guys jump and flip and move fast and are a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Maze Marie is the best. Can't wait to have her on as well again. Our, 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 I can't either. It's our always second, a pleasure to talk with her. Our first returning guest. Yes, that's Maze true. Maze Maria. Yay. Uh, we have uh, Matt Jones as well. It's someone we didn't talk about a lot. I kind of want to couple this in uh, together. Matt Jones very important in bringing OVW. We probably wouldn't have this podcast right now if Matt Jones had not gotten involved with OVW. And like there's No. I don't have I don't have any problem saying that out loud. No, um, that's that's completely true. It's the truth of the matter. Yeah. Uh he was able to put a ton of eyes on it not only in the state of Kentucky, but we as time progresses, worldwide. we find out worldwide. Yeah. yeah. Um so one of the big things we saw in wrestlers uh, the documentary on Netflix, and then just knowing, hearing some things backstage, Matt wasn't always the most liked person when he first came into OVW. I think that that relationship has changed for the better. Um, uh, I would say for the most part, yes, I would agree with that. Now, as soon as that's cleared up, we've got at least two new guys that are invested in OVW. That's true. We, and uh, we... Don't know. We don't know their names. It's a bit of a mysterious um, situation. They have very fancy haircuts. I'm willing to say that uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt. Um, They spend a lot of money on those haircuts. Uh, We don't know a lot about them. We know that because of them, OVW is financially successful for what, the next two years, right? Next few years, Matt said at the end. Next few show. years, so which was a we huge actually announcement. have that announcement. I have that on video. I will release it on the feed the day that we put this out. Okay, so everybody great. Can see it. Great, um, but kind of not surprising that after Matt came in, put money in OVW, took OVW to a new height, that other people started sniffing around. How can we get involved? Where can we make our dollar off of OVW? I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm also not willing to say that that's a good thing. It might be the thing we're doing literally right now. It very, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we do want to, as a podcast, find out more about these new investors, though. Um, we want to put on our, our felt hat and act like journalists for a couple of minutes and try to figure out who these guys are, what they want out of OVW, what what their role in the future of OVW is. And as soon as we have some information that we feel like we can say out loud on a live microphone, trust me, we'll say it. <laughs> we just don't have it right now. <laughs> yeah, as of right now, it is a cold case. The trail is dead. We don't know. A couple of other people on uh, the way out here. Doug Basham. Uh, in our interviews... We knew who Doug Basham was. Doug Basham was, of course, on on WWF television. Uh, really prominent figure in OVW. But he's the name, as much as Al or anyone else backstage, that when we've interviewed wrestlers, his name has come up consistently. Yes. Um, we see him in angles. Uh, we saw he, he wrestled with the Overmen um, just six weeks ago or so. The Outrunners? Uh, who did I say? Yeah, the Overmen. I, the Outrunners, yes. Yes, he wrestled with the Outrunners. Um, he looks great. Zubaz and all. Z- yeah, he looks great in a pair of Zubaz. Yeah. Um, and also just like, it's mind blowing to go to OVW arena and Doug Basham is like <coughs> selling taking hot dogs. tickets <coughs> or selling hot dogs. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. I'm so sorry. My mouth is dry. I drank all my water. Um, but yeah, Doug Basham is one of these guys that has a role in the highest runnings of OVW 
training OVW, booking OVW, and then is getting a mop at the end of the night and cleaning up sweat off the ground. Yeah. Um, so cannot put um, Doug Basham's contribution into words enough. And also, it's just very obvious when we have people around here, he's he's a man that garners a lot of respect. And it's not because he demands it. It's because he's earned it. Yes. Uh, I would say most, if not all, of the people that we've spoken to from the OVW roster have mentioned him uh, uh, highly favorably in some capacity, and I've not heard anybody have one bad word to say about him and his contribution to OVW and uh, their current success cannot be underestimated. And someone, too, that's kind of a sentimental favorite uh, that we wanted to touch on. I'm going to let you handle this mostly. Thanks, man. I appreciate Joe, it. Joe Cooley. What does Joe Cooley do? For me, if you go and see a show at Davis Arena on a Thursday night, Joe Cooley is like their special, like he's like their secret weapon. I mean, you see him on camera in the crowd here and there, but he's the one that gets people situated. He gets, he's the one that gets people riled up. He, um, I, I can't really put into words what he does there, uh, outside of just being pure charisma. He's, he's like equal parts, a cheerleader and a stagehand. And, okay. and not, not to diminish either one of those roles. Cause both of those seem kind of like back like, Oh, unimportant roles but anybody who has no those are the most important exactly roles. if you've done plays if you've been to live sport you know that those are two of the most important things those are the two people that no matter what happens teams getting beat 44 to zip they're still screaming everything's falling apart the stagehand is still doing the thing joe cooley is is that he yeah he is that he is the soul of davis arena yes yes and i cannot i mean that is not an understatement that is that's just the fact. That's how it is. And this might sound like I'm busting on him a little bit, but I promise you I'm not. It takes a lot of confidence to wear a kilt in public regularly. Joe Cooley. Joe Cooley. That's him. <laughs> that's him. And that's one of the things I love about <laughs> Joe Cooley. He is unabashedly himself, and there you go. And he makes going to see the show at OVW so much more special um, than it it could ever be without him. So, yeah. Thank shout you very to, much, Joe Cooley, for Joe Cooley. Uh, returning my pocket knife after uh, um, Freya's failed wedding. And also, come on the show. We want you. We want interesting people like you. Not like the wrestlers aren't interesting. They are. Don't tell them we don't think that they're smart or whatever. We want someone like you, Joe. Like you're. You are. Oh, I just want to hang out with Joe Cooley. Yeah, yeah. Like, and just shoot the breeze and, you know, have a beer or get uh, a Wix pizza from the uh, concession stand. It's impossible not to love Ohio Valley Wrestling when you see someone like Joe Cooley. And his enthusiasm. And his enthusiasm. It's so yeah. contagious. It, it truly is. It truly is. The OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW Podcast broadcast team is me, Jackman Oaks, and my co-host, Hey, Brian Hans. Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi Purely Sexy Woodard. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. After watching Wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all of our episodes of our unofficial wrestlers after show 
Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate us five stars and give us a review. You can also follow us at OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, and all the way down the street to the grassy hill to take care of the human thumb, Adam Revolver. Love you guys.